<laughs> yes! Are you kidding me? What do you mean? They just spent so long convincing me to do it, and I feel betrayed. Hey, I, I was betrayed. sending this to Sam. This has become our <laughs> our couch gag. Did I and even? That was the best one right? so far. That, oh my god! I can't even. Can't even. Hi guys! Hi everyone! Welcome, back. Wo- <laughs> welcome to the party. Hello, hello, hello! Welcome back oh. to Gateway to Anime. Charlie, thank you so much for now being officially part of the team. It's, yeah, uh, it's here now. It's taken a while. <laughs> Thanks, guys. In fact, you can go solo. <laughs> I think I am after that exchange. It's a Beyonce okay. this week for sure. All right, so this week we are talking about sport anime or Spokon as it's colloquially known. Spokon. Is it really known as Spokon? Yeah, so when what it's the? specifically referring to the manga, Spokon. Mm. Yeah, excellent. Indeed. So it's uh, an exciting time. Very exciting time. We've been watching a lot of sport anime last week. Mm. I mean, I do anyway, but uh, I've been watching a few I haven't watched before, <laughs> which has been kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So to start this off, I've deliberately really avoided talking too much about Japanese culture because the last thing I want this podcast to turn into is three white people explain yeah. Asiatic culture. So I'm not going to get too heavily into it, but I think... To talk about sport, and especially something I want to explore, is why there is such a rich history and just so much. I mean, you have no idea how much sport anime and manga there is. It's like, it's crazy. But in the US, where, you know, sport is huge, obviously, it's the biggest sporting market on earth. And there's obviously tons and tons of sporting movies, but not that many serialized shows. Of course, there are a few, which we know of, but I'm just trying to want to try and uh, interrogate that question this week a little bit and just try and be like, why? Are there so many in Japan versus hardly any in the US or hardly any that are good? And I guess why why anime works for that particular genre. Ex- exactly right. So I want to just do a few things here. First of all, I've been listening obviously to Dan Carlin, who I listen to a lot anyway, but the Supernova in the East in particular, uh, where he talks about the rise of Japan and its history, particularly around the start of the 20th century, which is very, very interesting. He describes Japanese culture as intense. And I think that's pretty fair without being too blanket, but it's a pretty fair and it's a pretty good way to describe anime in general. It's pretty intense. Or I'll do a really bad Dan Carlin impersonation, but as he says, he quotes a historian. He's like, the Japanese are just like everyone else. Only more so. And I think that's pretty fair way to describe they're, anime. Yeah, they're more intense. They've got more manners. They exercise <laughs> those manners intensely. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, they, they, they do food on another level of sophistication oh. and flavor. Just the, the pursuit of perfection. Like, um, like, just to throw in a little food fact there, umami, which is Japanese, is like now considered like the fifth taste factor, the savory taste bud. Absolutely. That's another thing Dan Carlin says. He's like, you know, you think you're good at gardening. Well, you're not. Until you see a Japanese garden, you realize that you aren't good at all. You know, (laughs) it's just that (laughs) level of perfectionism and the striving. You know, if you ever watched the movie, uh, the documentary Jiro Dreams of Sushi, I would strongly suggest that the whole thing is really just about the pursuit of perfection. Have you seen that, Charlotte? Amazing doco. Yeah, no, it's a fantastic documentary. I think that that is correct. I think there's heaps more in also particularly with sports anime manga in the idea of like fictionalization of sporting teams and things like that that kind of have yes. a I think that also comes into it as well we'll get onto that later though sure <laughs> absolutely absolutely so I just want to talk a little bit about the history of sport in both of these countries where it began 
how it started. I think that's an important thing to do. Then we can start talking about the specific sport anime that we're into and get deeper into them. But, so I mean, US sport actually began with horse racing. That was the first official sport in the United States, which of course reflected wealth and status, social, societal position. And right. it, was major, it was the major sport up until around the 50s with a brief shelving due to evangelical Christian opposition to gambling, which had become very prominent uh, at the start of the 20th century. So that's when motor racing actually came into the fore to sort of replace it. It was a bit harder to bet on at that stage. Of course, they, they fixed that pretty quick. Of course, they weren't the first to do all of that, though, were they? No, no. Like there's those actually, particular is... sports. Oh, no, 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 no. There's a lot of crossovers here as well. But an interesting figure in the earlier part of the 20th century was a man called Ty Cobb, who was a baseball player. Yeah. And he was sort of the most dominant baseball star of the early 20th century but he was the first real heel sports figure you know when i say heel i mean kind of performative bad guy right and he was kind of you know the player that fans love to hate mm. you know sort of encourage fan participation he was one of the first people to incite boo booing and jeering you know from the crowd against the opposition which is quite an interesting and almost uniquely initially american thing which has now changed of course it's ubiquitous across the world in all sports but uh japanese especially the sport, west coast eagles Fans. Oh, don't. <laughs> we do have a dark history of booing, yes. The history of sport in Japan, actually, of course, probably shouldn't come as too much of a surprise, came from sumo. Mm. It's an important part of Japanese sports, and it was actually kind of tied up as a religious occasion as well. So it was kind of two things, because it embodies a lot of Shintoism, yeah. which I'll talk about very briefly in a second. Very ritualistic so, in the way they go about it. E yeah. Exactly right, exactly right. Now, in fact, some of them were so ritualistic that some of the matches were actually foregone conclusions, and they were entirely religious Affairs and sort of like yeah. kind of a tribute to the kami, which is a what the Shinto belief is. There are gods in all things. Yeah. There's no one. It's not monotheistic Shinto. It's all gods are everywhere. Yeah. And sort of embody everything. So that was what they were to begin with. But nowadays, the national sport of Japan is baseball. Uh, basketball is coming up as well. Of course, sumo is still, I think, the official national, national sport, sport. I'd say, yeah. It's You'd, it's a bit yeah. more of a old school kind of you know throwback thing i think is probably that throwback towards older japan but it's still very heavily taken, yeah. taken very seriously in japan but also what happened to sumo interestingly like the u.s betting became very very tied up in all of that so it became a really big thing yeah, that's where the yakuza sort of began doing doing a lot of work you know holding bets doing sorts of thing which of course started to be problematic just like horse racing in the u.s so it's interesting that they both kind of mm. had that come along that with dark them. sort of yeah yeah but i mean western sports were initially sort of introduced primarily they're introduced sort of at the start of the end of the 19th, start of the 20th, into the Meiji Restoration sort of thing. And they actually were adopted very heavily as a school activity, which should make a lot of sense when we start talking about these animes. So the school thing is massive. And the school in interest schools competitions are everything but blood they are huge yeah the right. national school baseball championship is viewed by millions of people it's like crazy there's a huge parallel there to u.s college and high school exactly. yeah 100 yeah. percent. absolutely so they're both they both have that again which is interesting as to why one is so prominent as a you know entertainment form and the other isn't in regard to serialized shows right so it's it's quite interesting but again it was it was a while until lesson sports was sort of taken seriously because they initially started off as a form of like mental discipline which kind of makes a bit of sense before they became take you know they were sort of a bit of tokenistic until they started to take them more seriously after world war ii yeah with well, the ubiquity it, of radio broadcasting and television broadcasting and and yes. american influence at that point in time too exactly democratic exactly influence right. yeah i'm learning exactly so much right. in this episode just so you know i know no, i'm literally <laughs> like, i know yeah. nothing so thank you good interesting. and then yeah, our listeners like, start now like yeah <laughs> it's like thrown information at them next position but it's really Indeed. good man it's thorough what else you got for us 
what is also interesting is how big the US sports market is, right? It's worth around $69 billion, okay? 50% larger than all of Europe, the Middle East, and African sport combined. And that's with the English Premier League. But that's crazy. That is how mm. big it is. It's massive. The Super Bowl and like NFL, most attended sport on earth, NFL. It's huge, man. Like American football is crazy. I mean, tens of billions of people can watch the Super Bowl on a big year around the world. Like it's, it's the biggest sporting event on earth, apart from maybe a soccer World Cup, which only happens every four years. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's absolutely massive. And of course, basketball and ice hockey. And if we're thinking about movies, they're the next two national sports of the US. And if you start thinking about media, we see a lot of those, you know, the Mighty Ducks and Major League and a league of their own and all these Space sorts Jam. of films. Stuff. Space Jam, <laughs> badass film. In fact, God, <laughs> put that on my we'll list. <laughs> so yeah, I guess, well, Charlotte, why don't you start off with telling us about, because let's go back into history a little bit. Tell us about your sport anime that you've been well, watching. Well, mine's actually kind of different, I think. And it's going to have a different kind of um, argument because it's something that started out as a historical thing, but this is like a modern take on it. So yes. the show that I've been watching is a 2018 anime, and it's an anime only. There's a manga that was released straight after it, but it's called Megalo Box or Megalo mm. Box. I always say things weird, but I think it's Megalo Box. It's actually, there's a really famous boxing anime manga, complete, like huge series called Ashido no Joe, which has been around for a long time. And Megalo Box actually was the 50th year anniversary of Ashido no Joe's manga release, a re like a redo wow. of that. So it's like a love letter to it. But it's mm. a completely different storyline. So what they've done is wow. they've taken... So, uh, sorry. Sorry, I actually had no idea that manga had been around for that long even. Oh, oh yeah. Long, so long, long time. Wow. I, I can't give so you it's even as numbers. Even backstage, it was, well, how, how long does it, you know, go back to, do you know? I mean, it's hard when you start to actually make the differentiation of what is like manga as we know it. Sure. There are parts of manga which originate back in the 12th century. Oh, wow. Uh, but it took around, again, post-World War II for it to really become. It's a bit like Ameri American well, if it's around that time, it's the same as American comic books. Or getting yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. And like uh, Shino Joe was first released in like 1968. So obviously mm. 50 anniversary, 2018. It's uh, it's pretty pretty fascinating stuff actually. And it really, I think that Shino no Joe as a show, which I obviously haven't watched, there's been a couple of iterations of that. I think it's been three different anime series in the past. There's still the manga. Um, that's more of a traditional sports anime that follows a boxer called Joe who lives in the Tokyo slums. Megalo Box, however, is a one that I would recommend as a gateway anime because it's actually really cool. It's a complete science fiction dystopic kind of taken like an alternate universe of Joe in which Joe is actually a young boxer in the slums called Junk Dog is his name and it takes place in a world where the main sport is called Megalo Boxing. And it's where people who fight, they have these big armor kind of machinery on. So they kind of fight half robot, half human. And the whole idea is that Joe has to, junk dog, sorry, slash Joe, has to fight his way up from being on the slums and outside to being a part of the society. And he doesn't use any gear or he only uses slight kind of. So it's a thing about, it's all kind of take on science fiction. Um, it's So in that way, it's not a traditional sports anime. It's not set at a high school. It's not about a sports club but it is very much so got that tournament kind of arc stuff that runs through it. 
I'd say it's very similar to things like Samurai Champloo because it's a mashup of genre. So there's a lot of hip hop music that comes into it. The art style is very kind of stylish. It's pretty, um, it's a pretty simple storyline. It's pretty cool and it's got some uh, great designs. And I think it's just a really good show to watch if you're not the biggest fan of sport, but you still want to dip your toe in because as much as it is a sports anime, it's not entirely focused on like the world is quite big. And because it is a big science fiction world, it's not entirely just the volleyball team at a high school. Hint, we're going to be talking about that later. Um, but I think uh, it's a, I think it's kind of a different one. So in terms of the overall conversation about how sports anime and Japan's relationship with sports and why people love it, it's such a huge industry over there is kind of different because this was sort of like a take on that and a spin. But the original manga is a perfect example of that. So it's exciting because there's so much history. There's lots of nods to the original series if you're a big fan of that. And uh, boxing is something that you'd be surprised would look good. I mean, boxing is always kind of exciting to watch in person because it's kind of dangerous, but um, I guess it's a pretty quick match to have over and done with. So the matches go quite fast. There's a lot of kind of characters going into their head and thinking about their next move and like mind games and, you know, in the classic anime way, it will draw it out, but it would be quite thrilling. So it becomes like a psychological game versus a physical prowess kind of thing. So cool. I recommend Megalo Box. It's really cool. Um, you can watch it on Crunchyroll. It's really great. It's a classic underdog story. Like if you're a Rocky fan, yeah. ever watch Rocky, anything like that? All over it. And of course, something I, I failed to mention at the beginning there with history of Japanese sport, of course, alongside sumo and potentially even before it, martial arts, obviously, yes. martial art competitions. Major, major thing in Japanese history, you know, along with the Bushido of the samurai and all that sort of thing. So I, I think this is just a kind of a distillation of all those sorts of things which come into it as well with Megalobox. And it's just a great underdog story. It's really fun. His trainer's a wonderful character. Him, him his trainer and his relationship is great. It's a, it's, and it's super easy to consume. He, he has a trainer. Like, he has like a Mr. Miyagi. Oh, yeah. Kind of. Well. Yeah. Who's a bit of a, yeah, he's a slightly dodgy character as well, which is kind of cool. And it's it's nice. They're both kind of damaged, broken it's, men. Yeah, they're also, these two characters start like very much on the outskirts of society. Like they don't even have a citizen ID. And the whole yeah. premise of the show is that they have to kind of get into this competition called, they have to take part in this competition called Megalonia, which is only reserved for the best fighters who are seen as citizens. So these guys have to like, you know, they've got all the odds stacks against them. They're a ragtag group of people that have no money, everyone against them, and they, like, work their way up with hard work. And I think that Ashido no Joe is also about someone who's, as Sam said, an underdog, and that's the popularity. I think that Ashido no Joe is, like, the main reference for most sport animes. Like, it's one of the most, like, clearly referenced, most iconic kind of books. So it's cool they have got the modern update because I think it's probably more accessible to watch now as a gateway. That's why I'm talking about that and not the original. But yeah, absolutely. Right. It prece precedes uh, Rocky by ten years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually. wow. Maybe I wonder if you. I wonder if he watched it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who, who knows? Mm -hmm. Another boxy anime. This is. An, I'm not going to go into it, but Hajime no Ippo is something to watch as well. Oh, cool. Mate, uh, it'd be interesting <laughs> to go back through Sylvester Stallone's travel history and see if he actually was in Japan around that time, and <laughs> all of a sudden was able to <laughs> pen this godly <laughs> work of uh, work of fiction. Indeed. You know, I've never seen Rocky. Is that terrible? Really? Yeah, I should watch that. It's like when it's I did. Good. It's like when I realized I hadn't seen Jurassic Park recently, and I was like, "What is wrong?" Anyway, sometimes this happens. Sorry. Oh look, I, can't, we can't see it all. I know, but I'm trying. <laughs> but anyway. you're better. In that's usually what Sam says. You can't see it all, but you're better. <laughs> 
That's true. All right. That's uh, my review of Megala Box. I do recommend it if Beautiful. you like Cowboy Bebop, sci-fi, any of that kind of stuff, and sport anime. It's cool. It's a cool show. 100%. So I'll take this opportunity while we're talking about cool aesthetics and things that are interesting uh, visually. I'm going to talk about Ping Pong, the animation, which is really, really, really cool. I'm kind of – I mean, I love the, the homework you gave me, man, but, like, I love Ping Pong. I'm a fiend. Oh, you love it. Um, you would love this anime, man. It is like after after we finish this, you should jump on what you'll consume it so quick. It's only it's only twelve. Right. We'll do a second cool. episode dedicated to ping pong. Yeah, oh, it's incredible. But the director while playing Masaki ping pong, Yuasa. Yeah, while playing it, exactly. It's really it. a thrilling you're a podcast. You're a good ping pong player to just too. Like, <laughs> that's all. Oh, I won. Oh. Outstanding content. Well, the director is uh, Masaki Yuasa, who is becoming very much a bit of a rock star these days. He also did. Devilman Crybaby, yep. he did Space Dandy. He's like got he's really famous for his very unique aesthetic. And I guess the best way I can describe that, and it's most on show here in Ping Pong the Animation, is that it's very old school, almost bad, but deliberately so, and kind of almost grotesque. I think a little bit is kind of and I'm not selling that well, but if you actually watch and look at it, you in the animation. see yeah, it's it's a very like very distinct animation style, something which you've probably not seen before in anime or really in anything. It's fascinating. It's deliberately drawn kind of badly, but so stylistic that you get that it works and like it's so 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 interesting. I'll just give you a quick breakdown of what it's about. So Smile and Peko, despite having distinctly contrasting personalities, are great friends and have been since childhood. Now they're both members of the table tennis club at Katase High School. After Peko, the more naturally talented and sort of more intense and gregarious of the two, is beaten by a Chinese ping pong prodigy, he loses his will to practice. Sort of doesn't know what to do with himself. He's never had to deal with anything like this before in his life. Meanwhile, the more nonchalant Smile, Sukimoto, begins to see his potential realized. Smile's kind of more of a laid back, kind of chilled, kind of not, you know, acts like he doesn't really care kind of guy. And that has always prevented him from ever beating Peko. But his new coach, Joe, sees Smile's innate potential and endeavors to motivate him to overcome his psychological obstacles. And we also focus on the Chinese character a lot as well. So sort of a really in-depth character study on these three very different personalities through the guy of ping pong and again kind of what's great about it is that like they most of these things do sports obviously a metaphor mm -hmm. for bettering oneself which comes from that shinto belief of self-purification which i think is a big thing to be applied here in all of these sport animes and mangas like that self-purification yeah. thing because i mean these are real these are real people in most cases um mm. maybe not so much yours charlotte but like yeah yes. most <laughs> sports sports animes it's, it's real people so they will have mm. real goals and pursuits that you want your audience to, re uh, to relate to. Exactly. It's so cool. I, I strongly suggest this anime. I just Even just the visual feast that it provides is so original and interesting. But the story is so brilliant. It's so like, it's a really in-depth character study is what it's really about. Like just a quick aside, one of the characters, not one of the three mains, but one of the guys are just sort of a, a bit of a red shirt on the ping pong team loses really early on. And usually that would just be the end of his story. But no, we actually follow him throughout. He's in the whole show, but it really is just like, an examination of someone who's kind of, I guess you could almost look at like a return serviceman. And of course, that's obviously the most extreme example of someone having to recalibrate themselves to life after doing something. But I think we all have something in our lives that we can talk about where you've done something for a certain period of time, you've really dedicated yourself to something, and then you stop, and then you have to go back to living life without that thing. Mm. That's yeah. what this whole story is. And it's like, it's so fantastic. Oh, cool. Uh, and yeah, it's just so it's really sophisticated. That sounds too like, relatable. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> not sure I'm into Take that. Take your pick. 
Um, I think <laughs> I think that it's interesting. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting take because you were saying it's like uh, about being kind of like striving for perfection and that kind of being accepted in mm. that sport. If you're good at that, you're accepted because of that, and that's like your art. But there's also a lot of characters I find in most sports anime who are people that have fall from graces and that kind of thing who learn like a mm. different lesson along the way. So I think it's like obviously a huge metaphor about there's always like friendship, teamwork. Um, like accepting yourself and I think yeah. uh, it's interesting. Mm. It's really cool. And you don't have to be a sports fan. Of course it helps to be a sports fan, obviously, if you're going to watch sport anime. And some of them are just yeah. lovers to sports and should be avoided because I mean, even for me I'm, as a big sports fan, I don't really watch any of the baseball. There's, there's so many baseball animes, I can't even begin to start listing them. So on my anime list, which is a great site if you ever want to get good introductions to things called Mal, uh, there, there was an article like the top 24 baseball animes yes, of all time. So top 24? Jesus. You know, yeah. <laughs> so many. Sign me up. I used to play baseball. Like. You'd probably yeah, love it. You can watch all 24, Brett. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's, that's your homework now, mate. <laughs> Good luck. Oh, Tell me how stunned. it is. I'm not a sports Biling fan. my tongue. I'm not mm. a sports fan at all. Um, it's a hard thing for me and my family who are avid sports fans to talk about because I don't get it at all. Um, but I do like specific sports animes, particularly ones that take a stylistic approach or maybe are not. I like more obviously it's a metaphor about sport as opposed to, you know, the actual sport yes. ones. So, yeah. So, before I get into the big one that we're here to talk about, mm. I'm going to throw one more up because this one uh, very much was the precursor to what will be Haikyuu, which we'll talk about. But I'm going to talk about one called Karuko no Basket. Very, very famous sport anime. Obviously, it's about basketball, clearly. But it's, uh, I'll just give you the quick rundown. So Karuko no Basket centers around the generation of miracles. A once-in-a-generation group of players who came together at Taiko Middle School and who were widely regarded as the best school team in all of Japan, possibly of all time. After they graduated middle school, these five players all went their different ways, the different top basketball high schools and whatnot. However, there was a little known fact that there was a sixth member, a phantom member of the Generation of Miracles. The sixth man. This man is Kuroko. Now, Kuroko is a freshman at the newly established high school of Seiren, which possesses a powerful but little known basketball team. Now Kuroko, and Taya Kagami, a naturally talented and hot-headed player who spent the vast majority of his young schooling in America, has returned and wants to stamp his name upon the basketball scene in Japan. Between those two and the older, older players of the team, they now set about becoming the best team in Japan, but they must beat Karuko's previous five Generation of Miracle players one by one along the way. It's very much a tournament arc, the whole thing. Right. It's really cool. It's really, really good fun. So the original, the original miracle team. They are, there's one now playing at different school. Every or different, different school. Right. Correct. 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 Tournament. But Kuroko. Exactly. <laughs> but the reason Boss Kuroko mode. is known as the Absolutely. phantom member is because his whole power, if you will, and I use that word deliberately, is that he is an enabler as a player. So he can't shoot, can't score but he is the best passer in the whole of Japan. So he's able to make plays happen for the genius players without anyone really knowing that he's even there. Now, what I do have a criticism about this show is it's kind of bordering. It's basically a, a battle shonen yep. in a sports anime. That's really what it is. Yeah. They actually kind of almost have superpowers yeah, he goes and it's a actually, bit much. He actually like goes invisible <laughs> at one point. Well, it's all like meant to be like, you know, in his head, like he was, wow, he went invisible, but like he didn't really, but it's, it's pretty, that one's kind of funny. Like <laughs> it is. It's great. It's so much fun, but I... it's sort of, it's shameless, you know, it's shameless in that it's like people literally walk into Kuroko all the time because he has such a, 
small presence that people don't even know that he's standing next to them and all that sort of all those classic jokes of like where's Kuroko oh he's standing right behind me I didn't notice you were there like all that sort of stuff the visual representations are very like lots of blue colors swooshes and reds and like almost to the point of superpower but it's a lot of fun it's like the classic sports anime if you've ever seen any like top anime uh, sport anime things on YouTube it's always in there it's super hype it's got great kind of fun basically superpower shown and stuff but what it did was build the building blocks for what would come later which is of course Haikyuu now Brett I nearly booted you off this podcast a few weeks ago (laughs) (laughs) we we had a conversation I've been I'd been tasking Brett with watching Haikyuu and he was like "Mm, you know what man not really that into it and I was like oh well that's interesting uh (laughs) Let's let's see how this goes. Yep. Brett's been replaced. <laughs> but Brett, on that note, I will let you give your review on Haikyuu. Tell us about Haikyuu. Okay. And and look, I'll Let's yeah. have an argument. R- yes. Rightly, no, well look, okay, I'm I'm backtracking a little bit from oh. from that. I'll give it a bit of context, but you remember like we've been talking so much about these protagonists that sort of are kind of um have a very two-dimensional journey um or 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 drive and and I, I and this one is very much driven by one of those characters. And and it just took me a while to get past the point of to the point of really caring about where he was getting to. So I I was just trying to like not get into the hype and then all of a sudden, I was, you know, down the rabbit hole as I have been so many freaking times on, <laughs> and 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 I'm starting, I'm I'm actually starting to get a bit sick of all the stuff you're giving me because it's all good. So like, <laughs> I I challenge you to just get me to watch something that I can rip into. Oh like yes, that's fun. Let's give you a bad one to watch. Pretend that we're hyped about it and see what. The you thing say. is, I'll probably still like it because I'll I'll take it for what it is. That's just the kind of person I am. So <laughs> just, I'm probably just like likes everything. <laughs> you, <laughs> You, we should get my girlfriend. She doesn't. There's lots of things she doesn't like, so we should just get her to review some things as well. Um, <laughs> and she doesn't like me watching anime till three o'clock in the morning either. Funny enough, she's going to review about that separately. <laughs> so, so enough about my personal life. Um, and onto some of my personal life. I used to play indoor beach volleyball. So I actually have like I used to play with the nets around. It's a great sport. It's a lot easier than regular volleyball or regular beach volleyball <laughs> and so I have a bit of an understanding of of volleyball and the rules and everything so maybe that's also why I was a little bit disenchanted by this series because it you know it it rightfully so takes you through the rules of volleyball yeah. so that the audience understands the story world that you're you're getting into and there's nothing wrong with that it's it's very important for you know what unfolds later to understand what you're watching you know, did I think it should be considered for a TV concept, volleyball, when you first told me? Did, <laughs> no one did. did. Anybody? That's the point. <laughs> like, it's, it's in, like, and I first question I asked you was, oh, is, is, is indoor volleyball really big in Japan? And you went, no, not as far as I know, no bigger than anywhere else. I think it is now, though. I think it probably it, is, yeah. It's such a popularity. Yeah, I, I bet. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> so my trepidation was pretty, pretty high. And... I wanted to give it as much, I guess I wanted to, you know, not just fall in love with something straight away like I usually do with anime, but like I couldn't help myself in a lot of ways. So I guess the best way to describe Haikyuu is, yes, it's about an indoor um, volleyball team. It's about a high school volleyball team furthermore, but it follows this one character called Hinata who's short and agile. He's, ath- he's 
very athletic, but he's he's also never actually from the beginning he's actually never played volleyball before. He'd actually never had a game. He's just had the dream of having a game because he's seen this like national uh, volleyball team and this tiny giant that's of his stature, and that kind of becomes you know something that he wants to to be and journey towards. And so you sort of get thrown into this world of this young guy who's got ability but has no idea how to wield it or even what the rules of the game are at certain points in time. So you kind of bumble along with him. Which is very, um, you know, very endearing. And I guess the um, the underlying sort of thing that kind of grasped that that I, I guess sat with me after a while was that once you get past that two dimensional protagonist that you know the shonen kind of style, I just want one thing, and you realise, okay, this is actually not not just about him, and it's about the people around him, and and what he becomes when he connects with them in a in a bigger way emotionally and physically so that they can all achieve a beauty through him and his drive but you know for for a big part he does drive a lot of that energy that you you know that you're only the sum of the parts that that make up your team which i guess is what most sports genre uh, stories try to try to try to work in because i mean this is this is one of those shows that takes you down the tournament pathway but it also takes you into the context of each character, not just like the Kurosuno Crows, which is the team he plays for, but actually takes you into the context and the behaviours of the players they're playing against and why it's mm. important for them to win as much as it is for the players on the team you're rooting for. So sometimes you actually you kind of want that guy to do well at least. You maybe don't want him to win, but sometimes you're like, oh, I'm really glad he had his moment. Now he's stronger. Mm. And then that's going to make the Karasuno Crow stronger if they can beat him. And there's this constant understanding of oneself and what your worth is to your team. So like, but I, I mean, I'm open up to you guys a bit more now, but I, I guess one thing I really liked about the style once I re once I got into it and got in, absorbed was that like I've always had this understanding of story from an acting point of view, from a writing point of view. I remember being told by um, one of my lecturers once that a play is like, like for an actor or a performer or a storyteller, a play is like operating like surgery, but with a scalpel. Film and television is like operating with a laser, but high cue is like operating with like a quantum space, you know, spanner wielding nanobots in a, with a string theory operating system, you know, like it goes down <laughs> to like the little minutia of how can I hit the fingertips of the guy on the other side of the, you know, it, and then breaks down that moment over the course of like five minutes, like, it's astounding. <laughs> oh man! How com how complex and in in intensive it really does get. Oh, I God, think yeah. we've talked a lot on this podcast about how anime is the best at making you care about something you never thought you would. I know you actually the only person I know that played indoor volleyball, Brett. So you actually probably had some kind of emotional connection to that sport. But um, most it, people yeah. don't. To be fair, like a great sport. Like no 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 shade here. Sorry, but like I think um it's interesting because. Yeah, you're right. It's like the the hours spent about, you know, being able to spike a ball with your eyes open or closed or that kind of thing that you would never have thought about is just suddenly so important and you, they somehow make it not as ridiculous as it would be if someone was telling you over a beer at the pub about that. You know what I mean? Like you get just so invested and it's that's the best thing about sport anime to me. And also that follows into every single genre. There's like Food Wars, which is about a Hogwarts-esque school for good cooks where they defeat <laughs> each other with cooking. I'm not joking. Awesome. And that's Sounds like, great. that's taken like a sports anime, you know, like it's taken the, the, the 
the framework of that and just has all the same beats but taken it into food and there's one about fashion and there's that kind of like all those tournament arcs that come from original shonen work really well in a sports high school setting so i think that's why some of those best works happen to be sports animes because what, what sounds a little bit different to the ones you've described as well um the, the shows you've watched um is that all of their abilities and everything they do is based in the abilities that a high schooler can do and there's still this overwhelming um idea that the national team or the 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 actual country team that they can all on the team do these things you know you mm. you've, you feel like they're driving towards something and they're always and that that you know that's what the that's what's kind of cementing it in reality i guess yeah for sure absolutely i'm just going to read a little passage from a friend of mine called Gerald Lillywhite, who oh. will appear on this podcast soon. But he, he should is, have been there. I thought he bagged like you like ages ago. So I've had like four people be like, this show is incredibly popular among non-anime watchers. Incredibly. It's huge. Like non-anime people it's love Haikyuu. That's something that is worth noting. So obviously Gateway, oh, yeah. obviously good. So that, Big time. Yeah, it would it's be. It's on Netflix as well. Mm-hmm. So easy to That's how I watched find. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's a I've got to watch the third season now. Ah, yes. Like now. Like can I go and go watch the third season? <laughs> <laughs> nah, you got it. <laughs> It's the fourth biggest manga in Japan. Fourth, fourth highest selling. Has wow. been for a long time. Huge, huge, massive, this thing. So here's Gerald and he's typically... Uh, Don't try and do a Gerald impersonation. It no, won't. Like, no one knows I'm not going to do a Gerald like, impersonation. But we just... already had that. <laughs> so, so let me impersonate this obscure person. <laughs> Dan Carla's not like, obscure. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> right. It's in Gerald in his, in his uh, typically uh, very eloquent way. Haikyuu. So it's a show about high school kids playing volleyball. How is it that I could ever have time for this? The secret sauce that makes Haikyuu so watchable is difficult to put your finger on. What it boils down to for me is the delicate slow burn rendering it delivers of the dreams of youth. This is not a show where young sporting underdogs are on the path to one day make it all the way to the Major League Baseball or the NBA. Hell, in Haikyuu, volleyball isn't even the most popular sport at the high school. The show tells you that for most of the players, including the protagonist, high school volleyball is where it begins and ends. The stakes are, oh boy, I hope to make it to regionals. The characters decide, the way only youth can, that this is what they're going to put their everything into pursuing for no other reason other than that they love sport. The series is basically kids trying really hard and we're connected to them because in the absence of the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, got to get that college scholarship. What they're doing has a kind of romance to it. The romance of being young and having energy and dedicating yourself to something in full earnestness and wanting to be the best at it for the sake of being the best and having to connect and grow with others to get there. This is the show about innocence versus experience. In a lot of ways, the stakes are not will they win regionals, but can that beautiful innocence stay intact? Indeed, our hero's defining quality is to refuse all the cynicisms of experience. His antagonists, the teammates and opponents that roll their eyes until one by one they're won over by the thrill that is to dream, with time and energy on your side, that dreams can come true. In the end, you just want to sit in that world and with that belief, because if Karasuno can win regionals, maybe the world isn't such a terrible place after all. <laughs> and well, we should point so, out that, that's so that awkward. Gerald... I wrote Gerald, the same thing. Got the yeah, same. I know. <laughs> I, 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 I know did how, too. I just tried to like bring myself to it. That, no, yeah. but like, he's, like we should not point out that Gerald's a great writer and and yes, and he's, he's an, an editor an as well. Writer. He's a writing editor. Yes. So that's he. I'd like to see him do it on the spot. Let's bring him in. 
I can't. <laughs> but that's but. right. It is the dreams and innocence of youth, right? And that Shinto idea of self-purification. But also the, the key to this relationship too is the two, there's the protagonist and his, I guess, secondary protagonist. And again, it's that classic shonen thing of the genius versus the hard work. Yeah. yeah. Kageyama. Kageyama takes, needs a really important mention here. Yeah. Yes. He is an amazing character, but he's kind of the, everything's given to him. He's just God's gift of volleyball, right? But... His problem is his mind. He's yeah. A bit of a dick. He's a soloist. <laughs> he hasn't learned yeah. to play, play on in the, the team. Hinata exactly. wants to learn at least. You know, he doesn't know, but he wants to learn, whereas Kageyama thinks he knows everything. Exactly. And the two of them have this interesting relationship because they kind of hate each other, but they also bring the best need out each of each other. other. They're actually, they can pretty much only play together. Well, Hinata can pretty much only play with Kageyama because he knows exactly how to make him play. Because, again, as Brett said, he's a bit of a bull in a china shop, yeah. Hinata. And he's too small. Everyone tells him he can't play because he's too small, but he's so fast and got such a big jump that he can do things that people just don't expect. Or And he can get to places that can actually turn the game around as well. And he's ex- yes. he's exciting. I mean, he's I don't I don't think we've got time to go through every single player, but there is like there's the the classic sort of father figure captain. Um, yes, there's the, there's the big ace who's got a weapon. There's the the... Budding Ace, who's got a lot of energy and is a lot of fun in Tanaka. Um, yes. There's the, the the other little guy that is already skilled and one of the best in the prefecture. And then you've got the rivals. Can we have a just oh, yeah. touch base on the rivals again for a bit, a little bit? Because Kageyama's biggest rival, Oikawa. Yes, Oikawa. Oikawa um, from Aobai Jos- Josa, Josai. Yes. Probably pronouncing that wrong. Is kind of the best in the prefecture for being a setter. And Kageyama like looks up to beating um, this particular person and becoming stronger, and and it's kind of his. I was going to try and pull out a, a Mighty Ducks reference out of my quack, quack. <laughs> yeah, what's the Fly coach? Me. Coach from yeah, it's Coach Bombay, and then there's the other coach, the 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 silly uh, guy. What coaches the Hawks? Hawks. Yes. Yeah. Um, Hawks. Yeah. Look, I. <laughs> I think that um, from Gerald's review of that quickly, I just want to go back to, I think he's right in the innocence thing and coming of age and obviously a lot of, particularly because they're set in high school a lot of the time. And I think that's really important because there's so many anime that have a similar thing. Even if it's not about sport, there's a lot about school clubs, that kind of like, you know, finding a group that you actually belong to and finding yourself. And it's not necessarily about championships. It's about acceptance. And yeah, I think that that's a really interesting point. Yeah. And that's why you get so invested. Yeah. And like Battle Shonen before it as well, the idea of like, that's Shinto self-purification thing, but also the idea of beating the best. You know what I mean? Like the, if a lot of these characters just need to fight the best, you know what I mean? They're obsessed with it. And like, it's all about challenging themselves to go up against someone and defeat them all at full merit. You know, it's a very like, I think it's part of the Bushido Samurai Code as well. You know, it's a really interesting thing that happens in, in anime. And, you know, that that classic thing that we're talking about, which could be a put off to some people, but the idea of like something happens really quickly, which would happen in like half a second in a real game, but it's all slowed down and they break it down. Like, oh my God, he got to that part of the court. How did he do it? Oh, he's flicked it up in the air, which can be a bit- And it all plays uh, out in one battleground that I guess like that ping pong one you're talking about, like you, the parameters are so tight, but yet you explore every moment, angle, emotion. Um, I I think I'm starting to understand a bit more about why I'm liking anime more as well. Like obviously got a bit of a background in, in storytelling and writing and stuff like that from a Western point of view. And now I'm getting introduced to these shows that take a little bit more time to explore one thing, but they Mm. do it in a really organic way. And I love yes. that how organic this team evolves and Hinata evolves. Sure, they take, you know, 
jumps along the way, but they don't rush anything. They let it all happen and unfold mm. the way it should and they pace it out the way they should. And I guess once they get to these moments, they stay with it for a while. So they have to struggle yeah. through the next, you know, the stamina you know, stage, which totally. Yeah. So let's talk about a jewel, yeah. something which is a good equivalent in the US and go back to the thing that I mentioned at the start of the podcast about why there aren't many serialized sports shows in the US yeah. compared to the complete density of sports shows in Japan right now. Of course, the big parallel between Haikyuu, of course, is Friday Night Lights, right? That's It the seems big- to be the, like, the biggest produced and most popular version it is but yeah. it wasn't as popular as they thought it would be when it came out because mm. it was a movie first and then they adapted it for oh that's right serialized the billy, yeah. billy bob thornton one that's yeah. right I, that's right i actually think there's a fairly simple answer to this sure. because i think in anime Me too. i think we just talked about it particularly mm. if you're on the court and you pull up a ball and then you go and you talk about everything that happens like it's a chessboard and that wouldn't translate to a live action film at all so therefore yeah when they play football they can only have certain amount of scenes before that actually is just watching a football game without any kind yes. so that can only all the drama, therefore, has to be a bit more obvious that the football is like, you know, irrelevant to the character's story. And most of the drama in Friday That's Night true. Lights happens off the field totally. rather than on the field. That's 100% yeah. true. Uh, the heart of it yes. is still there. And they, I think they, I love Friday Night Lights and I hate sport. And I love, and I thought, same thing as Gerald said when he was like, oh, how am I going to like this, you know, show about high school team and volleyball? I, was, I thought the same thing about Friday Night Lights. Loved it because acting, everything, like they capture the heart of it so well. And I think that that's something that, a lot of sports anime do as well, but Friday Night Lights, they don't have the luxury of being able to go into the technicalities of the sport in a realistic way. I think that that's the major difference there. You're right. But you know what does? And which has just been a massive, massive, exp- you know, the biggest show in the world or Netflix was obviously The Last Dance, you know, the Michael yeah, Jordan documentary. Yeah, 100%. And that was, but, yeah. Was that documentary though? That was yeah. documentary. Not fiction. That's really different. Yeah. yeah. You're right. And it's interesting though, because again, that whole idea of like, oh my God, how did he get his finger to the ball and all that sort of stuff. So if you've ever watched a sporting show, like a, a talk sort of, you know, analytical show, they break every play down, they draw diagrams, they, they freeze frame, they, yeah. they move the camera 360. Sport fans love that. I love that. Yeah. So when I see it in anime being done, I get it. But you're right. In the West, it's too earnest to pull off stylistically, I think. Yeah, narratively. You know what I mean? It would be so why, why aren't, so I guess the, the, the question is, why aren't there more animations that use that genre to, Good question. yeah, to, 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 to showcase it because I, I, I that's exactly what I was going to say, Charlotte, I think production-wise, to spend that much time setting up a shot, setting up a camera to just get someone's eyes and then just get a you know a fingertip and then the editing process behind that is it's actually more laborious than you think and then you need to make sure mm-hmm. that you're working, you know, it might work in the game like tennis or ping pong where it's just two people, but I think you're always going to struggle when it's a team sport. Yes, Mm. Is there um is there any animated like Western animations about sport? I can't think of any, even any kids shows that I've watched. I can't think of one. No, I'm drawing a blank. No. Yeah. yeah, me too. That's interesting. Yeah. No idea. No. There's this. That is interesting. There's this uh, little uh, one on the on the way though, isn't there, Sam? Oh well, you know, Brett. In fact, cricket is one of the fastest growing sports at a grassroots level in Japan. I know the under the under 19s team went to the World Cup, and did terribly. But that's that's. <laughs> This is only you know, a matter of They've time. got a plan to be better by by 2032. So they're thinking <laughs> long game here. There's a Hinata to show you in that team yeah. who is going to become the greatest cricket player who ever lived. Don't worry about it. Yeah. That's how we know. I back it. You know, just like everyone else, but more. You I don't back people, it, Charlotte. I back it. <laughs> there are people in... Um, <laughs> but there are like... I think, Sam, you briefly talked about um, people being villains in like actual sports stars. Like people put their own narrative on yeah. sport anyway. It pretty much is a drama oh, series. Yeah. Like AFL is essentially totally. like the most dramatic thing that's, you know, like everyone... 
There's yeah. so many scandals. People, it's like a celebrity culture. That kind of bleeds into that a yeah. little. So maybe there's too much actually happening. <laughs> yeah. You could probably also argue that the WWE is the thing which has done this in the United States. That is their serialized written sports show. True. Right? You mm. know, it's a big old soap opera. It's drama. With a sport. In drama, it's all it's all written. You know, it's like, real wrestling. That's probably oh, what yeah, it is, right? Totally. It's real wrestling. You know? That's what it that's actually what it is. That's the serialized version, which is huge and has been running for fucking 30 odd more years. Professional yeah. wrestling's also massive in Japan. You know, Mexico and Japan are the two biggest wrestling markets outside of the US. So it's big there too. I don't know. You know? It's an interesting question. Sports anime, does it fall under the category? Do you think gambling anime, because there's heaps of gambling animes out there and they're all really good. Um, do you think that falls mm. under sport? Because I guess it's a game and they kind of do the mind. They kind of, it's sort of like a death match almost. There's a different whole genre called death match in anime, which is like yes. really high stakes, like mind games, like having to get through certain mm. stages to live. But um, they kind of play out in a similar way where they explain the way that they're thinking or who's doing this and it's sort of, yeah. So It's two sides of the same coin yeah. for sure. Um, if you like gambling, watch Kaiji Ultimate Survivor. It's really good. Hey. But yeah. Shows like, I guess, The Mighty Ducks, The Last Dance we've mentioned, Remember the Titans. You know, we, we spoke about these, but there's this one. If, has anybody seen Rudy with no. Sean Astin? It's one of John Favreau's first films, and Sean Astin oh. plays this like Hinata kind of character where he is totally ambitious, but it's beyond his stature to play football and join the Notre Dame College. And so he, with everything against him, um, you follow this journey, this one guy who's a bit simple, struggles at school, has other major challenges along the way, but, you know, so somehow gets there in the end or does he <laughs> oh there's so they're the kind of things i looked out for people this week to to think about if you've seen that if you've seen brian's song which is a, about relation like race relations and it was done like in the 60s i think it was that one's about relationships i think haiku really does the duo relationship really well like the two people like kageyama and hinata that shouldn't ever be friends or even on the same team but you know work together we've you know we've mentioned friday night lights and rocky million dollar baby and then yeah, yeah but then yeah. again the That's drama the... happens off the field a lot more than it does on it true but it's well earned um actually cheer is a great example and would be directly comparable yeah. to haikyuu like that documentary series mm. we talked about it actually before to do with yuri on ice which is another great sport anime actually but we talked about it before mm -hmm. um yeah. cheer is honestly because everything that our friend Gerald wrote about innocence and how much that matters and how there's no there's no real end game here. Like with cheerleading, it ends at college level. It is no like professional cheer for college versus professional cheerleading are actually different things and it literally ends at the end of your college life. So people dedicate their whole life to this thing and then it's mm. done and they don't care. That's just it's what gone. they love. So I think that's a really good – that's probably the closest thing I can think of of a high esque show. Absolutely. Sure. There's always coaching. There's always choreographing. Yeah. That's the natural – Natural progression. progression. Commentating, is that a thing people do? Yeah, go into the media. Are they are commentators yep. usually retired sports players? I know nothing. A lot of the time. Almost almost always. You yeah. can't just go NFL. in. I can't anyway. just become a commentator. Unless they've got a beautiful <laughs> voice. Media. Like Dennis I oh, know Dennis Commander <laughs> even played for East Perth, didn't he? So <laughs> Well what I'm saying is, Charlotte, because you've got such a great voice, you could be a commentator of sports ball. Well, I will become the greatest. Com There's been anime about me becoming a commentator, starting at the bottom, <laughs> knowing no rules at all, but just have the heart for it. <laughs> Perfect shonen protagonist. Yep, is your well, thanks very much, everybody. That was a really wonderful time to explore something in, in a bit more depth than I think we usually get, which is nice. Mm. So just on that note, I'm going to leave you with one last reading. 
a really cool blog if you want to read about this. It's called philosophyandsports.blogspot.com, which is basically philosophers talking specifically about sport. It's really, really cool. The ancient Delphic aphorism, know thyself, relates to athletics as elsewhere in society. It's incumbent on the athletes to understand their capabilities, including limits, as well as how to apply this knowledge in competition. This is as much a mental activity, harnessing the mind. The power of such perceptual training, repetitively imagining game execution and results, is a critical mind-body discipline, believed to shape performance. This harnessing of imagination affects whether and when, in sports, events in the contest are really as they appear to athletes during the flow of the contest. Power in shaping reality, perception, derived in the mind, and work ethic, derived from both the mind and body, compatibly supplement one another. I think that's cool. I think you just like sport, hey? <laughs> like I think I really do. <laughs> like, Sam's like, let me just. Sorry, that was really good. It was interesting. Was. I think he just I really just like love sport. On you. <laughs> I do. I love sport so much, man. So uh, <laughs> and I love sport anime. Yep. There you go. There's I was always Sam's told never to finish reading. an essay with a quote. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that was really good. That was, that was really Thanks, nice. Man. But uh, <laughs> hey, fuck all you. Uh, <laughs> oh see you guys God. next time. <laughs> I can't wait to end the like. What's the next one? Like, can I do like the idol anime, and I'll end with a with a philo- philosophical speech about idols? That'd be great. I would appreciate that very much. I'll find one. There'll be one. Right. I'm never going to do it. Come on, Brett, do it. I should have a say. We're all doing it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sorry. Thanks, everybody. Keep, Keep safe. Bye. Bye.